This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. It's the Radio 191 FM breakfast show with Candice. And right now, she's talking to... The Queen of New Zealand, Dubstep and Trap, Imwa, live and direct with me right now to chat about her brand new single. How are you doing this morning, Queen? I'm good. Thank you so much. What an introduction. Good morning. Please, please. Pleasure is all ours. Now, you just recently released your brand new track. It is called Back At It. To follow up your release maybe like three, four months ago, Click Clack, how would you compare Back At It to Click Clack? Because they sound quite different. They do sound quite different. Well, I'm kind of like creating this like MY world production wise that is really exciting because it's still so fresh that I can kind of make a lot of different sounds and kind of just figure out what I like and what is my like sound sonically. So from Click Clack to Back Hatter, I mean, Click Clack was more like stripped back OG, like trap, the glory days kind of inspired. Whereas Back Hatter was like quite inspired by um, some personal events in my life. I went through a really bad breakup. I went through a lot of like just healing and growth and kind of left my music for a minute and came back to it and kind of just, I find to make the, what I call like the dirty stuff quite easy. Like the the um, the heavy basses and the kind of like darker basses. But I wanted to play around with the second drop being a little bit more experimental. Um, we're hearing a lot of sounds like in drum and bass and, and bass music from like headaches and things like that. So there's a few little samples in there that are like that kind of, influenced um you could say but then we found this really cool vocal that was kind of like back at it i'm back at it you know like taking a break and coming back to something um and kind of not letting like challenges that face you sort of take over for too long so that's kind of where where we kind of landed on with back at it but i literally finished that song the day after i broke up with my partner so it was like i was just in like autopilot get stuff done mode like just trying to turn this you know, terrible thing into something not so terrible. And the response has been amazing. Um, It's so nice to be heard and understood sonically, but also as an artist and to have people that are wanting and and evolving with me as an artist. They're not, you know, putting me in a box of, oh, well, this has sounded like this, so this must have to sound like that, you know? Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm so stoked and thank you for your support. Oh, of course. And I... Definitely agree with what you said there with how Click Clack was definitely a lot more bassy, whereas Back At It is definitely like sonically focused on the higher ends of things. Yes. Was that yeah. an intentional choice to sort of step away from that, or is it, you know, just feeling it out? Um, a bit of both. Like, I, I don't want any of my songs at the moment to sound too much like each other because it is still early days um and i know a lot of artists when they're starting out will try to make everything sound very similar whereas i'm still trying to kind of figure out what i like and what i like to want to sound like and i, and I kind of for so long kind of pigeonholed myself as a dubstep artist and, and djing at least anyway for years and now with production and becoming more of a you know i just call myself like a bass artist almost now um because i i want that freedom to kind of like do whatever sounds good to me at that time and i'm always changing and always sort of evolving what I like sonically, but also just personally. So I think a little bit of intention of let's make something different, but also at the same time, like just kind of seeing what I can kind of make in my wheelhouse and pushing myself to try these new sounds. Um, yeah, and just having fun with it. I'm, I'm in the in the time where this is the time I should just be experimenting and having fun and 
lot less pressure than you know maybe five or ten years down the track so (laughs) absolutely and I think that especially in the electronic music scene we're seeing a massive push with people not wanting to just be in specific genres and people sort of putting themselves under the umbrella of bass music which I think is really exciting and provides a lot of flexibility in the scene as well to not accidentally pigeonhole yourself which is Super easy yeah. to do as a young artist, right? Yeah, 100%. I think a lot of people, you know, when when someone asks you what music do you play, it's just like a common question, you know, and they don't mean it with any sort of subconscious layers to it, but it's like a lot of people want to put you in a box. Oh, you're a, you're a female drum and bass or you're a female singer or you're a female this. And it's like you can just be, you know, broad. You can just be a female artist or an artist. We don't have to take the female into it. Same thing with <laughs> DJing and genres is like, I understand, you know, there's electronic and all all that kind of stuff. And it is somewhat important to classify yourself under somewhat of an umbrella. Um, But I don't think that we need to be pigeonholing ourselves all the time in specific subgenres within a genre. Absolutely. And I imagine that that creates quite a safety net as well. Because, say, a promoter books you under the impression that you're only going to play dubstep. And then you put in a non-dubstep song and everybody's standing there like, what is going on right now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think think so. I mean, like, that's like when I first started out, like I said, I was branding myself as like this very dubstep artist and kind of only dubstep and then as my as I grew as a person as we do I've over I mean I've been doing this for nine years um <laughs> that I kind of started liking different sounds and putting them in my sets and kind of dropped that whole dubstep tagline of all my press kits and everything and like it took a while for people to kind of catch on but yeah it's like for it's, sometimes I still get like the oh well there was no dubstep or there was too much of this or not enough of that and I think it's the scene, like, I think as a whole is growing to be more inclusive of, like, you're like, you know, John Summit, for example, he's like a house quote unquote artist, but he's been dropping like dubstep and filthy drum and bass and like (laughs) in the middle of these house sets. Um, And I think that it's really exciting as an artist, but also I I think of these things first as a punter because I was a punter before I was an artist. Um, So that's how I like to think of how things are received, but. I think that's so exciting, like just keeping people on their toes. They have no idea what's about to come next. And it's like still in their warehouse of like taste making. So I love it. I think it's great. I think it's super good for the scene, um, punt wise and artist wise. Absolutely. And you are fantastic at it. You are the queen of crowd control. It's actually insane. If any of you have never seen an Emoir set before, I'm telling you right now, you are missing out. Generally, one of the best live performers we have in the country right now. But when oh, it, wow. Oh, take Listen it. to you. You have started off my week for a while. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> take it a run. Take it a run. But when it comes to production, one of the things that I find the most interesting about electronic music in comparison to maybe writing music as a band is that artists don't necessarily, um, how do I say this, listen to the same type of music that they produce, if that makes sense. Do you find that there's a correlation there for you? Do you listen to different sounds over your productions? Um, yeah, like, I, I I agree. I think that it's so funny. Like, whenever I get in the car with someone or at a party or whatever, and they're like, you're a DJ, you must want to go on the music. And I'm like, actually, no. Or, like, you know, they'll, they'll say, like, oh, you can't go on the music because you're just going to play, like, trap or, you know, and we want to chill out or whatever. And it's like, 
it can go either way but i think it's funny because when i'm not in like dj mode or whatever mode i normally listen to like old school like 2000s pop um or like rock music really really old rock music or rap i don't really listen to that much electronic music because what it does to me personally is like kind of puts my brain in a different place um if i'm like working out at the gym or like need a hype up then absolutely that's kind of like my go-to but i i'm always thinking like if i'm listening to you know rl grime or quick quick I was trying to say Quicks and Skrillex at the same time. <laughs> Quicks or Skrillex or Allison or whoever. It's like I start being like, oh, you know, I really like what they did here or, you know, I really like that sound or, or how did they make this or kind of, and then it just, my wheels kind of start turning. So I kind of have to be a little bit more selective with when I do kind of go into that zone because I think as soon as you become a producer, it's kind of like the switch that goes off in your brain that never kind of really turns off because um, you're like wanting to just continually like, abuse that receptor and make good music and like <laughs> and, and sort of all of that sort of stuff so I think yeah it's it's really common for a lot of artists to only sort of put themselves in that frame of mind um as and when they kind of want it rather than everyone thinks I think I just drive around listening to dubstep and trap <laughs> every day <laughs> and some days don't get me wrong some days I do <laughs> um yeah I think there's a little bit of a correlation but not too much it's it's definitely good to sort of step out of the scene every now and then. And I think that it can also provide a lot of inspiration and take, you know, little bits of sounds from different genres as well and integrate that into electronic music, which is so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've been listening to a lot of Taylor Swift. So I'm a Swifty now. Same, um, going, going through a breakup, she's, like, your number one girl, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, what I really love about pop music especially is like the lyricism behind these songs is so witty and quick and smart and well thought out but not polarizing enough to sort of challenge people too much um so they could be singing like a hook or a chorus of like a super deep song but because there's like a catchy beat and a little bit of like a you know simple hook that it just takes off and i think that i i've kind of been trying to take that into my lyric writing that i've been doing a lot lately whether that makes a song or not, <laughs> I just find it really interesting because, you know, to, to be able to write a song and tell tell a story with, you know, a, a sentence split between four lines and so many people connect to it, I think that's something that I really like and something I'm hoping to, you know, translate into my music. But, yeah, a lot of Taylor Swift at the moment. <laughs> music is healing, man. It is so is- healing. <laughs> And back at it, your newest release was released just about a month ago, which, again, like I said before, followed up Click Clack. These are two different-sounding songs, but will they be part of a bigger project? Well, I've been playing around with the idea of... I've I've been making some really weird, cool stuff lately Um, on the back of Back At It. Like like I said, for this song to come out and be so well-received, I mean... I feel very lucky that I've always sort of felt my music has been somewhat... Obviously, it, it gets on a slightly bigger scale each time you release music because you're, you're reaching more people, but especially with Back At It, to have such a you know great response and for Georgie Femme to get behind it as well um, and putting it on their rotation and, so many, and, and yourself, you know, like so many people have supported me in this that I kind of, yeah, I'm taking some time to... 
Yeah, make some different sounds and kind of experiment and potentially make an EP. I think that if it fits, I'm going to do it. Um, I don't want to say I'm doing it and then just kind of like throw some stuff together and hope for the best. I want it to be like a really strong body of work while also being completely different tracks. So hopefully, maybe, I don't know. Okay. Eventually, yes, <laughs> I just don't know if before the end of the year or not, but... You never know. I've got a lot of free time at the moment. so <laughs> yeah, We will cross our fingers and our toes for that. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Where can people stream and buy your brand new single? Um, thank you for having me. It's a lovely, lovely chat with you as always. But um, you can Spotify, Apple Music, Titles, whatever, everything. There's so many streaming and buying sites. Beatport, um, all of that stuff. Otherwise, you can go to my Instagram at imwar. It's MWAR on Spotify, MWAR on everything. So thank you so much. You're the best. You are the best. The queen of all queens, MWAR, telling us about her brand new release. It is called Back At It. It slaps and it goes a little bit like this. Turn this one up. Keep it locked here on The Tahi. Thanks for listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.